Well, welcome to Road Talk. It is Tuesday, December 10th. Another week of college basketball wrapped up. Championship week weekend for college football all wrapped up as well, which means, Kyle, I mean, we'll do some bowl picks. We'll have some fun, but our uh, Road Talk locks of the week are done. That was it. 15 weeks. We made 30 picks, two picks each week. So those are finished. We uh, we wrap those up. We'll definitely do some bowl game stuff. Rhode Island basketball kind of at a halt at the moment. PC in Rhode Island with some time off. I mean, URI with a lot of time off. PC playing on uh, Saturday. But uh, things are slowing down for the podcast just momentarily. Momentarily, then it'll pick back up. I know, but, uh, you know, it's a pretty fun weekend in between. I don't really care for the Bulls. I know you mentioned, like, even gambling-wise, ugh, it's so difficult. I feel like I have no clue. I always do the bull pick them every year, like those leagues and stuff, but just it's a brutal game. You know nothing at all. Got nothing going. It just becomes very difficult, and sometimes you have guys sitting out, not playing, the time off. I don't know. I just don't really care for it other than, you know, we'll watch we'll watch Notre Dame and then the playoff games, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, most of the bowl games I don't care much about. Usually you get a some sort of name, you know, big name matchup that I'll watch or whatever. But and a lot of these games are weird too. They're on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays, you know, odd times during Christmas break or uh, New Year's Eve, whatever. So, um, but a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, if you're a real degen, it's beautiful. Huge. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's like every day, like you said, there's at least one. Sometimes I start at noon. Like it's just, it's a strange dynamic. But I mean, hey, you love, you love the Bulls, you love the Bulls. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so we got we got one game to talk about, obviously the big one that happened on Friday, PC Rhode Island. We will get into that, but we might as well cover some business first. Should be a quick episode here, but uh, let's just get to those picks. So, Kyle, 15 weeks we did it. We did two picks each week. We did it at the end of each episode here. Uh, so the final record has been tallied 17 and 13, which is pretty good. I mean, we're above 500, clipping at about whatever that is, what, 55%-ish, something like that, 54%. Pretty good. I mean, I would say for the two uh, of us, fifty-six and change. So fifty-six and seven. Whatever you want to round up, who likes to round up? Fifty-seven. It sounds better for us. Fifty-seven percent. That's pretty good. You know, if uh, well, so I kind of did it. Say the vig was minus one ten each week. Minus one. I did minus one ten. Uh, you threw fifty bucks on each of those picks. You netted out one hundred and thirty-five bucks. Not too bad. I mean, hey, we're just some schlubs thrown out. We don't That's claim all we that we're like really good at this. We don't handicap. Nope. We don't do any of this shit. Right. Uh, can I say that on here? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, right. well, yes. We I don't mean, do that. that. We're a bunch of slob, a bunch of slobs. Oh. No, no, I meant I, I, I said shit. I was like, can I say that? Well, I've been kind of dropping it a bit over now and then. Yeah, All it right. doesn't matter. We used to, that ended like two years ago. I think I gave up on the oh. explicit tag. Um, <laughs> You're in the car with the kids. Put on the earmuffs. There you go. But uh, <laughs> 17 and 13 for 30 picks. Pretty good. Um, you know, this weekend, one and one. Uh, tough one there. Ohio State, tough one. I mean, we both had that personally too. We were we were hanging out this weekend together. Uh, thought they might have it at the last second. We really should have. We deserved a last second touchdown to cover that fifteen and a half or sixteen, whatever you might have gotten it at. But just tough to not get that one. Went down early to Wisconsin and couldn't. They recovered, but just couldn't cover back. I thought that one was a shoe in, Bob. That's where I should have known it was an issue. Where I was like, no. They'll smoke them. They'll cover them. They've looked invincible all year. And then finally, for the first time, Ohio State kind of looked like human, right? Especially in the first half, at least, before they got it together and they were fine. But it was the first time we saw a year. I thought it was going to be a train wreck for Wisconsin. It ended up, you know, not being that bad. Right. Yeah. Good game overall, but did not. I, I really thought that that was a good one, too. I came on here. That would have yeah. been my pick uh, as well. Luckily, Clemson, though, was able to throw up whatever they did, like 66 <laughs> points on uh, Virginia, 62, whatever it ended up being, uh, but completely demolished them. Whatever you got them at. It, I saw 28 and a half. Um, 
all the way up to like 34. Whatever you got them at, they covered. doesn't matter. So It's crazy. It and now, insane. Bob, they're going to be, as of right now, I think it's minus two. Minus two. Yep. They've been in like 20-something all year, and now you're going to get them at two points. I mean. Yeah. I think what we'll do is we'll take like a week or two off. I'm not going to do it now, but well, I, I, we should do the playoffs. Yes. Oh, no. We're absolutely going to do oh, it. We're right. going to take some time off. We can't lock them in now because those lines should move yeah, a little no, no. bit. Uh, but December 28th, those games are. So the week before, we will get you those picks. Uh, so overall, Road Talk locks of the week, locks. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it a success. We're gonna definitely do that again next year. We're gonna get into some college basketball this year. Uh, we'll obviously do the bowl games as well, or a few of them anyway. Uh, so that was fun. Second thing, I mentioned it. We went to the game together on Friday. We uh, then hung out for the rest of the weekend. I just thought it would be funny to say that. Uh, Saturday night, we really didn't do much. We watched. I mean, it was a. It was probably one of the best days for me of the year. We we basically sat from noon time until three thirty in the morning, uh, watching some sort of sport. And one thing that we did do was go back and you know we wanted to watch the old PC games. Kyle and I sat back and we watched the game from two thousand seventeen. We watched the uh, Oklahoma game back to back at about midnight. What? What an evening! That was that was amazing. Brought back some great memories. A lot of stuff to talk about there. But that was Saturday was a blast, Kyle. We should do that more often. That was a full day. I mean, I know it sounds very random at the end of the day, but I, I don't even know how we got on it. I just knew I've always had this credit to. I think it's Rody Surf is his name from Kenny Blue or wherever he is on Twitter. Like I think I seen him on both or something. He's the one that rips all these vids and then puts them together in an Excel spreadsheet and whatnot. And so. I saw it one day and I, you know, I immediately bookmarked it on my computer. Was it you? It just said, I wish I could go like look back at the old game or something. Yeah, yeah. it probably was me. We were just I, talking about it. Yeah. I didn't even think we would just, you know, kind of BSing because, you know, we'd gone to the games like, yeah, I forget like in the old ones. I was like, hey, <laughs> I have something for you. <laughs> Let me show you this. Look, step into my office. Let me show you this whole selection of uh, games that I ended up sharing with you. And you see how many there are in there now. It's There's a, a whole bunch. Huge. So. I mean, it's a little too much of a deep dive for me sometimes. Like, but every once in a while, like when you have that specific, you know, question, it's like, yeah, we can actually watch it. And you just forget sometimes, like the way the game played out and stuff. Like that Oklahoma game, obviously they won, but like you forget that they were down for like the majority of it. It felt like, but it, and, and how great of a game it was. Like the combination of everything. Like, oh yeah, that was such an awesome game. I remember being happy, but what a back and forth game. All that it, thing combined. What a night, huh? It pretty much came up. Yeah, came, I mean, I, what a day. I mean, honestly, if, if uh, you're just you're just a couple of guys hanging out, don't have anything to do, we basically watched every single college football game that you could think of. We had the Davidson game on because we gambled a little bit on that against Northeastern, saw a little bit of that. And then late at night when everything was done, a couple of Rhode Island games on repeat. That was amazing. Uh, but really, the reason that we got into it, and this will bring us right into our PC Rhode Island talk, is uh, I was wondering about the atmosphere and everything that happened in that 2017 game, Ryan Center game that we won, whatever, whatever. So, uh, Kyle, let's get right into it. Friday night, 7 o'clock, packed Ryan Center, 8,052 people, second most attendance all time. Kyle, give me your thoughts on uh, the crowd, the atmosphere. You can go right into the game if you want to, but let's start there. What uh, what transpired for you? Uh, as far as crowd goes, I mean, huge crowd, of course, second largest ever, speaks for itself. Uh excited there's no doubt i think the friday night had a kind of different energy to it than the usual saturday evening or you know late late evening game that usually happens um excited in its own right i don't think it was like as you know contentious maybe the word i'll use this time 
for the people there, but I, it was certainly an enthusiastic crowd. There was no doubt about that. People were ready to go stand and cheer. And the, the usual when you get to the Ryan Center for this game, it usually just it picks up a little bit, and it felt like it was no different um, in this regard for being there. What about you? Yeah, same thing. Obviously, loud crowd. Ryan Center is awesome when it's packed like that. Uh, you, like you just mentioned it, and it goes back to, and I don't know what the reason was, maybe being a Friday, not maybe being a set, but I mean, we obviously got the F, uh, PC chant right off the bat, which was, you know, pretty classic and fun, not classic in a way of doing it, but classic Ryan Center game that usually tends to lead off. Uh, but yeah, I thought like you were right, mentioning it, the, the, the hostility not there like it was. If you go back, and you find that stream that we we're listening to, the 2017 game, like we were living and dying, or the crowd was living and dying by every single play, call, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Um, and that in that game, this one though, obviously excited, but a different, like a tiny bit of a different, different atmosphere, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you still want the win. The game, the game still matters, and I, I think it's pretty clear that game matters more to fans than the players who I think come in. Is you know, it's just one of the 30 that they have to play, but. To people that live here or, you know, root for one of these teams, it certainly has a little bit extra sometimes just to get that win and, you know, what it can do for your, really your season. It almost like dictates how people feel about you um, and your outlook. I mean, after the game, I went back to work and I talked to a few people that knew I was going and they were like, your eye looks pretty good. Not so much PC this year. Like it changes the narrative immediately that one game, which is like a small thing when you're talking about Rhode Island, but it exists and it's true because people, that's how they measure is really against the two teams and, see where one is compared to the other and so there's a lot of that going on but i think you mentioned the 2017 game yeah i think that one just had a little more because of how many times you had lost <laughs> well you know what i mean we was just trying to get over the hump and you had a really good team you knew you had a really good team in rhode island so you wanted to win where this one like still feel good about it but it there's not that lingering like get the first one i, I think there was a kind of like a sense of a little bit of confidence i guess i don't want to say confidence but like certainly favorable that's a better word Right, so Rhode Island goes on to win it, 75-61, to 61, pulling away towards the end. Did get close there, about the six-minute mark, a two-point game. Uh, Rhode Island still with the lead, but then they were just able to pull away. Providence couldn't really do anything, uh, I don't know, dysfunctional there on offense at times, throwing up some shots that shouldn't be thrown. We'll get into all that. Uh, Kyle, I, will, I do want to pose to you a question. If you are, we'll get into everything. Um, if you are a Providence fan, do you feel better or worse about your team after this game? Well, it depends. How was I already feeling? How were you already feeling? <laughs> um, I mean, certainly not a high level. I mean, I'm not a Providence fan either, but from watching the team, you know, we follow them, of course, and watch their games. Just seemed like there's been something missing, even though they got a, you know, a win against Pepperdine. It, it wasn't like encouraging that much to me or anything. It wasn't like it felt like too much to build off of. Um, so I was, you know, certainly as far as Providence goes, I was wondering how they'd react to that environment, the crowd. And I think for the most part, that wasn't an issue for them because they seemed to come out just fine. I think it was just during in-game when, you know, adjustments were made and they just couldn't keep up with the runs of Rhode Island that ended up being the difference. But as far as Providence, I, I feel like you have to come out of this worse. I mean, I don't know. You can't certainly feel better about your team. I, I, I think they're past the point of moral victories. And like, I don't know what kind of moral victory you could take out of this one because it felt like at times, uh, you know, periods of play were not nearly as competitive and, you know, at different moments, it just felt like Rhode Island wanted it more, not that they're more talented. Yeah, I kind of got that got that feeling as well. I'd say just overall, the, the dysfunction really kind of showed in this atmosphere. Maybe it was because we were in person. Uh, maybe it was just with the rivalry and everything else. But uh, the turnovers, you know, 
some Ill- ill-advised shots out of timeouts or whatever it might be. It just seemed like uh, if I'm a Friar fan, I, I look at this one and I don't feel significantly worse, but I'm just, you know, we haven't seen an answer yet to kind of all the different question marks that we have. Uh, one guy here that we noticed got benched pretty much in the second half, uh, Pipkins, 17 minutes, uh, 0-5 from the field, 0-4 from 3, uh, really didn't do much whatsoever to impact this game. Uh, Kyle, what can we expect from him going forward? Do we see a lesser role like we did in more Malik White? Uh, it just seemed like he has not been able to kind of insert himself and find a role in this offense despite starting and playing a good amount of minutes. But this one, Cooley just sat him down and said, "I, you know, I need to go with somebody else. I, I think I almost feel like you just got to work through it. Cause you know, if that you make it, you know, if he gets on the same page and starts clicking, then you get to see how good they can be. I just, I, I'm not sure what the other option, like you said, I guess white, you want to try it that way could be, but I, I think we know his ceiling, what he is. I, I, I'm not sure how much better, you know, or worse you'll see from that. Cause even he kind of struggled a bit the other night and he has, he's been all, all over this year. Do you try to move Duke back to where you started like last year and have this full circle or do you, you know, he's playing well right now. So you just, keep him off the ball and keep him playing well. Like I feel like there's no set answer for it, but it certainly, you know, feels like on Cooley's end to try something, anything, but I guess if I'm him, I'm not changing that part yet. I feel like it, it, maybe it's just this, you know, ignorance of sorts on my end where it's just like, eventually it's going to work. I don't know, maybe stubbornness, but I, you know, maybe I'm naive to it all, but I do think at some point it will click. I'm just hoping it's, you know, sooner rather than later. What would you do? Yeah, I, (laughs) I, I don't know. I think that after, I just guess with just throwing up those threes where they really didn't need him. I mean, he was open on one of them, but I just didn't like his overall play on Friday. I think that if you're Cooley, we saw him put in Andrew Fonts. I mean, with two, uh, listen, he didn't really put in Fonts, but you saw him put in Chris Monroe for a little bit of a stretch there in the second half, maybe five or six minutes for him. Uh, so he's searching for anything. I mean, he played Reeves a lot in this game. He was switching out guys. Uh, between Gantt played a good of minutes. I like the effort from Gantt. I thought Gantt gave a good amount of effort. His stat sheet might not look overly impressive or anything like that, but on the defensive end, he was a little bit physical. Uh, I liked the effort that he gave. You know, him, I would say, in Duke, and, you know, I'm not going to challenge the uh, effort of Khalif Young. You know, I think that those guys at least came to play and showed up. Nate Watson, obviously, uh, looked like there, but a few of these guys just looked like they were out of it. Pipkins was one of them. And I think going forward, that's why you saw Reeves play 25 minutes in this one. Malik White with 18. Uh, you know, just he's got to shake something up and find it. I'm not a coach. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to do that. But it's not working at the current pace. And uh, maybe you work through it like you said, or maybe you switch it up and then hopefully work through it. I don't really know. But uh, I just think that Pipkins kind of took himself out of the game on Friday. Yeah, just I think you're right in terms of rhythm and timing. I uh, wasn't all there. And a few errant passes, turnovers, just uh, definitely, certainly like they weren't run stoppers in any way, which you were trying to get because Rhode Island went on a few runs there and it felt like, you know, Providence's only option was timeouts. They couldn't get buckets to stop the run or make a play like that. Uh, I think you mentioned Khalif Young, right? I thought he was pretty good in this game. He always plays limited minutes, not much, but he ends up with nine and nine and it certainly felt like he was all over the glass too, and was taking especially offensive rebounds. It felt like more than anything, and he was there. Um, a, a lot of this stuff, I think, was early in the game, then later on, because I think as the game wore on, his minutes went down. You know, and Cooley switched up the lineup, but early on, I thought he was effective with Rhode Island's smaller lineup when Jermaine Harris got two fouls right away, and so I was a little shocked didn't see more of him. 
same thing. I, I can't help but wonder if it's still the minutes restriction from like getting back into the season for Nate Watson, though, because he looked pretty good in this one. Uh, you or I had no answer for him late in the second half there. He was hitting everything. And I think you got to go more through Nate at this point, try to lean more on him. I, I just think that's a better option when you're struggling so much with shooting. Why not try to go inside and try to, you know, use that big asset that you have? I agree. Even there were there were two or three shots there, very well contested by Langevin, oh, yeah. and he just knocked him down. Yeah. He just knocked him down. So he looks good. You know, him, uh, guys like Gant, I thought Reeves' effort was at least there. The effort was there for a few of these guys. David Duke, his stat line, six turnovers. Makai, I mean, him and Diallo would have combined 11 turnovers, not what you want to see. But I think overall, Duke had a pretty good game himself, you know. On the other side, uh, Rhode Island, obviously winners in this one. A lot of pause. Oh, go ahead. Oh, one thing. Uh, I can only say this because we watched the games, but back-to-back the 2017 and then, you know, 2019 game. Uh, Nate Watson was good in that 2017 game, but you see how big he is now compared to that kid, the freshman versus the junior now? He's a house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, like, how much he put on. He was big then. He's still big, but now he's built, like, big. <laughs> I think I was more obsessed with the hair difference. The hair's definitely oh, changed. Too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the bodies have definitely changed as well. Uh, but very good in that last one, too. I mean, he always plays Rhode Island well. Last season, the same thing. Uh, so he's good. So, But yeah. on the other side, you know, things that we can take from, there's a good amount of positives, a few negatives. But overall, I would say that if Rhode Island's the winning team, we have to start off with the positives right away. Fats Russell, again, leading the team four or five from three. And he picked those threes in good spots. They were the starter runs or they were the jump that the team needed. Uh, 24 points for him. I think that's seven straight games now of 20 points or more. Uh, story of the game, Kyle, though, obviously, and I know you're going to mention it, so I'm going to let you talk about it further. Makai Long, you know, no Dana Tate in this one. It was announced right before the game. Dana Tate uh, suspended for a team violation. Uh, so he did not play down to three guys on your bench, really two guys on your bench. Seven-man rotation, uh, but Makai Long starred in this one. Nine points, seven rebounds, four steals, some good breakaways. Kyle, tell me more about the X-Factor Makai Long. David Cox has just been hiding him on the bench all season and just unleashed him against Providence, and then he uh, has a great game. I, I think I had said it during the game, after, I don't know. I Whatever Cox touches right now is pretty much working, and he's pushing the right buttons because we saw Makai Long come on, and I think all of us kind of like, Wait, what? He's the first one off the bench. It's not Tate. It's not Toppin. Now, mind you, we didn't see that, or I didn't know at least when the game started that Tate wasn't playing. Um, we found out probably at halftime when he obviously didn't play and then put it all together, but I, I hadn't been on Twitter or anything. And if you've ever been in the Ryan Center, you can't do anything on your phone anyway. Nope. So that was another element to this. But obviously we saw that Tate wasn't playing. So with this chance though from Makai Long, I think we saw the player that they were hoping to get immediately. Uh, just a difference maker getting some fouls, scoring, uh, certainly the steals. I think he had four or something in this game, three or four. Um, but everyone, a lot of them are at the top of the key, poking it forward, which he'd go out and get easy uh, you know, dunks, or I'd uh, get fouled and go to the free throw line, and he had a good stroke there. I mean, what else could you want from guys? Seven rebounds. Like He was just impactful. Both ends, you know, didn't have to do too much on offense with Fats carrying the load and uh, Langevin. But as far as defensively go, bringing that intensity, he brought it. And I think he might have even been a little bit of the catalyst there at times for like carrying that momentum. And the guys were playing with him because he was out there making plays and doing it well. Even Toppin did too, though, out front a couple of times. They came up with two steals or one or two, just deflections. They were active. Those kids coming off the bench, I don't think there's much more you can ask for than just having freshmen that didn't look too big for the moment and were active to play. And so I, 
how can you not be impressed with Long? Yeah, definitely impressed with Long. Loved his shoot. I mean, he can also shoot the ball too. He didn't really have to do it too much in this game, uh, but he's been very good. I mean, just those two guys, Makai Long and Jacob Toppin, they both get in there. They're both going to make some mistakes. You know, they're both going to take some ill-advised shots or rush things or whatever. It's just the way uh, the nature of freshmen. We've seen it over and over. But they continue to play. They continue to make good, good, uh, good plays on offense and on the defensive end. They're very involved. So as long as they stay involved and and they're doing the right things, uh, it's encouraging to see. Especially Jacob Toppin. I think there was at least two or three. Uh, I mean, they're so noticeable because he can jump so high in the air, but he just jumps straight up, puts his arm up, and, and makes some plays at the basket there. When guys like Harris are out, you don't have your big man. You want Langevin to stay out of foul trouble as best he can. Uh, just those guys, their length and everything else, disturbing people at the rim, making plays and staying involved on those is, is super encouraging. They're playing on both sides of the ball. They're not just looking at offense, and they're doing whatever they can to win. Like You would look at Jacob Toppin's stat line. It doesn't look overly impressive, but you'd say, hey, he, he played a pretty good game, five points five rebounds had a couple of steals like you mentioned so 25 minutes for a freshman in this this type of environment very impressive in the same with long 23 minutes they both were forced to, to step up and they did it's a good point about Toppin. like that's not the stuff that you're going to see but watching the game he goes up contest shots he had a block um you mentioned the straight up too one time jumping just going straight up no call and also you know holding his ground on another you know just making sure you make the right play as a defender and you know, how many times, what, how many freshmen are going to do that? There's upperclassmen that don't do that or won't jump like that. That's, that's stuff that, you know, is hard to teach. Some guys just have it ingrained. Others need to hear it repeatedly and have it reinforced and they'll start doing it eventually. These guys, I, I can see why, you know, Cox said that they're going to compete for minutes early on. I don't think he thought they'd be playing this major minutes this early with the team they had, but he wasn't lying in terms of having, you know, these guys can play some minutes. They can come in. They can do things. It's not going to be perfect. We're going to rely heavily on our starters. That's just the nature of the business. But when we have these kids, we're not going to be afraid to put them in there, not going to be afraid to play them, and we're going to have them ready to go. And you saw in this game uh, that they were just simply – they were ready to play at all facets. Um, what are the positives you want to hear, Bob? Can I give you Langevin's 16 rebounds? Yeah, just you being, could. A, being a man's man out there. I mean, what else do you want to hear? They needed what they needed. Uh, that was what he had to do, especially with Harris and fall trouble. As you mentioned, he was all over the place, pulled out the moves, did a little bit of everything, just played tough, carried the emotion too. You know, he's trying to get the crowd into it. Um, you could tell that it was his senior year and, you know, last game playing in this one at home that he wanted to go out with a win just by his style of play and the aggressiveness, just, you know, being who he is. And so he's become such a good player for them. And it kind of felt like it all came together in this one for, uh, you know, another good moment on his end. You know, we're trying to build on some positivity here. Uh, Harris, obviously, I think everybody, you know, if you're a fan or whatever, you're probably frustrated with those two fouls in 56 seconds uh, that takes him right out of the game. But I will say, I think in the second half it was there. I can't tell you exactly what minutes or whatever, but Kyle and I kind of both nudged each other and we said, you know, he got into that foul trouble. He's not doing anything offensively, but he's playing some physical uh, defense down low on Watson, on Khalif Young. He was trying to do what he could in the limited minutes that he had. And I think at least, Kyle, he showed that he's not afraid to play some defense. He's not afraid to get physical, despite just your game kind of being thrown off uh, a minute into it. So I thought that that was at least a positive spin on his, I, I would just say, uh, you know, tough, tough night. Yeah, I think it's fair. Tough night, especially that second foul on him. I understand the first one, but that second one was – I felt like that was terrible. I do too. Too offensive on him, and that second one was tough out front. He's just trying to make a screen. I didn't think that was too bad. And I, 
you know, it almost is like amplified by him because of, we talk about it every time the foul trouble early, he can't get in a rhythm. And this one happens in the first minute he gets two, and it's like, here we go again. This like kid for whatever reason, I don't know if he's just too excited. I don't know what it is, but it's always early in the games. It feels like something happens and he gets all out of whack or he's pushing or he's forcing it. I don't know what it could be. Um, but it, it, you know, it stinks, but I think you showed, or like rather you talked about how he showed that kind of toughness to come back later and just play, not be afraid, you know, and even though he's in foul trouble, he's got to be cautious, but playing smart, just taking contesting tough baskets, not reaching, not overextending, but just trying to compete out there. I'm not really sure how he can, you know, be six, eight and play 15 minutes and not get one rebound, but that's neither here nor there. He still showed a hell of a lot in the second half in terms of toughness and just hanging in there. And even when it's not your night, just doing other things right in this game. And and so I think there was, you know, a lot of that going on and leaving the offense to surreal. Yeah. Khalif Young really just established himself kind of early just, and then yeah. I think surreal Langevin was like, enough's enough. This is, this is not happening anymore. So, uh, early on we were just getting out rebounded huge in the first half and then it all kind of got, uh, neutraled out in the end. Uh, one thing I, we haven't mentioned Kyle, I mean, give me your thoughts. Jeff Doughton, 38 minutes, 4-12 from the field, uh, 8 points, struggled early, got a little and one, maybe got him going, uh, but I'd say that second game in a row where we didn't see, you know, I mean, he's doing a lot defensively, there's no doubt about it, but he's got to start taking those, he's got to get back into that rhythm, you said it a million times and I could not agree with you more, uh, those floaters, uh, shots from the corner over the elbow jumper, everything else. That's what gets his game going. When he's taking threes and everything else, he hits those when he's when he's going. But I don't think starting cold, that's how he's going to get his points. Uh, 38 minutes for Jeff Doughton, but, you know, disappeared sometimes out there. Yeah, I think he struggled shooting a little bit in the last few games. And you can tell he's pushing, just trying to, on threes, everything. But I, I just feel like when I watch him, I feel like it's money where that stop and pop kind of thing. He just kind of dribbles, gets to the elbow and then pulls up and it feels like he doesn't miss at any point. The occasional floater or two, all that usually works. So I, I just wanted him to be more aggressive, keep going. Don't, you know, try to settle for any shots. But I think it's pure Jeff Doughton though, when you kind of watch and you know that he's holding the ball, he's going to play major minutes, even though he might not be scoring. He still only has one turnover in this one. Still only has one foul. He's not going to make a million mistakes. And he's also has no problem deferring to a guy like Fats or Langevin, whoever it may be. And in this case, it was Fats who was Helen, you know, was just on as he has been in the last few games. So I think a lot of it, you know, playing into Doughton's numbers might also be like just deferring right now and being like, Fats is the guy. He's hot. He's playing well. Let him take the shots. You know, I don't mind being second fiddle there. Just play good defense and make sure everybody else is in the right spot. And so I think it's a lot of that what's going on for him right now. No doubt. Don't worry about him too much. Uh, just a note, you know, he, he's out there. He's eventually going to turn it on. He'll find it. But, uh, when you got a guy that's gone seven straight games, scoring 20 points or more, according, uh, uh, including 32 against West Virginia, give him the ball a little bit. He's feeling it. So, um, Rhode Island wins this one, 75, 61. Obviously, uh, Kyle and I were excited. Uh, a lot of my friends, I've mentioned this on the podcast. A lot of my friends went to Providence, Providence Friars. They are in full, full panic mode actually i think the panic mode is kind of already set in kyle it's more like depression at this point but hopefully they can turn it around with a couple games left on the schedule uh but rhode island we don't have much to talk about right now obviously the next game the 21st so we're recording this on the 10th 21st 11 days away we got western kentucky we get a whole nother week we'll talk about that unfortunately charles basley the lottery pick uh broken tibia i think it is will not be 
in attendance uh, during that game on Saturday, which kind of a blow. I was I was excited for that one, but uh, God, we got to just talk about Friars real quick. Couple of games left here in the non-conference. The two I'm going to highlight: Florida Gators and Texas Longhorns. I think you have time, despite sitting at five and five and everything that's kind of been going on, losing. I think it's four out of your last five, right? I mean, something on that. I'm just kind of. Uh yeah yeah. I mean, I, I I was just I kind of threw that out there, but really the Pepperdine one is their last win. They lost to Long Beach, you know those type of things. Uh, so you got some quality wins that you can maybe attain here in the Gators and the Longhorns. Now, Gators started out pretty good, or sorry, pretty slow. They've turned it back up. Uh, win against Xavier, win against Miami. Uh, lost to Butler, I think, last night. But overall, the Gators look good. Texas Longhorns are eight and one. So these are two quality opponents. Uh, hopefully you can split Kyle, maybe go one and one, something like that. I mean, your next game is on Saturday. Um, Oh, no, hold on. What's the 17th next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. They have a game Saturday against uh, Stony Brook. Okay. Stone. That's right. Stony Brook is in between. Then you go Florida. Then you go Texas. So out of these three games, you got to be looking at at least two wins. Uh, Kyle, are you going to give them any sort of, and I don't mean to sound dramatic, are you going to give them any sort of chance against the Gators and the Longhorns, or do you have to see what you see against Stony Brook on Saturday? Just give me your overall on the next three finishing up this non-conference for the Friars. Oh, they certainly have a chance. There's no doubt. It's just getting it together and doing it quickly. Like, game by game, the season's slipping by you. you got to figure it out. I mean, Florida and Texas, they're both better than Rhode Island. At least Texas is in your own building. But Florida, I think they have to go to, uh, what was it, in Brooklyn, I think. It's at the Barclays or something. So that's obviously a tough one. That's a good team. Texas, they're both, you know, fringe NCAA teams. So uh, Providence really needs a win. If we're being honest, not just one, but I'm talking like type of non-conference marquee win to get something to their name. You know, the Big East is pretty good and there'll be opportunities for wins there, but you only got three games left here. And you can't take any of them lightly. You got to find ways to get wins. As far as even this weekend, though, Bob, against Stony Brook, you got to show up. You can't take anybody for granted. I mean, when you've lost to Long Beach State and Charleston of the world, like you got to show up. You got to play well because if not, I think Stony Brook's like seven and three or something like that, give or take. I, I looked it up earlier. They're not a bad team. No, like great wins or anything, just you know, to speak of. But they're two and two away from home, so they can compete. They can play well. You just got to find a way to. Pull it together, grab one there, and then see if you can use that momentum to carry over uh, into Brooklyn against Florida. Uh, yeah, against Florida, and then you know you'll see what happens. But uh, there's chances here, Bob. That's the good news. Do you want the positive? Is that there's opportunities for wins and pretty good wins at that to really you know build some momentum to going into Big East play. But if you lose the next few of these, you've wasted all your opportunities at wins, and you could be sitting below 500 going into Big East play, which is going to be a gauntlet. Yeah, I think the goal for these next three games is just do not finish below 500. I don't care who you beat, I don't care who who you know who you lose to, uh, but that's one loss. You got to go two and one here. Uh, hopefully, spark some momentum. DePaul is now extremely good in the Big East. Uh, just a, a flyer. I don't know if anybody knew that going in. I sure didn't. But DePaul looking very good. So the Big East is going to be. Uh, challenging as it always is. But Stony Brook, too. I mean, you mentioned it on Saturday. I can't believe I forgot about that game. But they shocked some people last year, including the Rams. They went to the Ryan Center, won 68, uh, like 68-56, something like that. I know they won, They beat, and I was, like, crushed that they lost to Stony Brook. Stony Brook went on and beat one or two other teams, shocked them. So good program, good coach there. 
coming down. You've had slow starts in your building and outside your building, so you got to start there. You have to win against Stony Brook, and then you you got to at least try to pick up one or two of these Texas and Gators. It's a tall task, but I just think going into conference play, whatever it might be, six and seven, uh, very disappointing. It'd be shocking, you know. Best in the Big East, you can go whatever. I don't know how many games they play, but it seems like you tend to go like nine and seven, or you know what I'm saying. You go, you're struggling to get above 500 in that conference. I would say that that would be a successful season. Um, so really, if you got any shot at March, still, you're going to have to pick up some quality wins here, at least two out of the next three. Yeah, and I think the most realistic is just the games at home. You know, take care of the home court, which includes Stony Brook and Texas, and you start there. Um, even if there's a loss to Florida in there, at least you grab the two, and then you're probably feeling a little bit better about yourself for getting at least you know some good wins there and some consistency. And so I, I also think those are the most realistic, you know, that you can expect to win at home. Um, and then when Biggie's play, I think you're right. I mean, right around 500 play, I think is like fair. Maybe with this Providence team, maybe we're still you know ahead of it, and they're just not that good. But I still think that's certainly in play. And the thing is, though, if you go 500. It's still not a good record, though. It's not like you're boosted by a 10-3 and three record or something in non-conference. Um, there's just really no margin for error at this point. You just got to keep working, keep finding ways to win these games, and maybe try to go on a run or something just to get it all turned around. Yeah, I mean, just the way you've, your non-conference has gone, five losses in conference get you double-digit losses, which isn't a yeah. killer. You know, they had it in 14-15, won the Big East tournament, and they moved on. Uh, but really, if you're trying to get on that bubble or anything like that, 11-12 losses, you're looking, it's very tough to get there unless you've got like a super, super strong strength of schedule and you won some of those games. Unfortunately, you might end up having a pretty decent strength of schedule. You just didn't win any of the non-conference games that you had to. It's real. No other way around it. And it might some might view as bad losses. I mean, Penn will be fine, but maybe Charleston's okay with that. Long Beach State, you know, they're just gonna stick out like a sore thumb. They're not gonna be good losses and you're gonna be really struggling there uh to kind of defend those and you need good wins to offset it and they just haven't come yet. Um so the good thing is they're four and one at home. So yeah. like you said, take care of the two at home. I think it's a different story in a couple of weeks heading into conference play. Uh, but right now, Friars, Cooley, they got to figure it out. He said they have to figure it out. I'm sure the players know that they have to. So it'll be interesting. Interesting couple weeks for the Friars. And obviously with the Rams, we got about two weeks off until we can really uh, see what's going on. And then, you know, we hit the conference schedule hard there right away. So might be um, good for these guys, though. I mean, I know Fats is one that said specifically he's banged up. He's like, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, like just to get healthy because he's been a mess and he's played well. But so I worry about is that, you know, his hot streak goes to a kind of fades away. But it's a nice two weeks, I guess, to just kind of recharge and get set, get ready for, you know, the next uh, stretch of games. Big four pretty much averaging over 32 minutes a game. They're going to. Yeah. Well, I bet gonna, they could use this. They, they could definitely <laughs> use this. There's no doubt. I mean, Tyrese Martin and Fats were getting massages on the sideline, whether their legs or their arms. I mean, these guys are definitely tired. They can they can use the time off, like you mentioned. So, uh, and, you know, just work on some time to develop some other guys. Antoine Walker coming back December 21st, his first game. So that'll be exciting uh, for Rhodey. So Rhodey plays next Western Kentucky at the Ryan Center, Saturday, December 21st. And then, obviously, like we just mentioned, Providence in action against Stony Brook. Uh, the team, uh, tickets, uh, sorry, not tickets. It's on TV, FS1. <laughs> you work for sales, dude. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm working at the uh, Providence box office. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts Center, 8 p.m. Saturday, 14th, against Stony Brook. So, Cal, we have one game. We went to that one game. Exciting for us. Sorry, Friar fans, but that was nice. Uh, two out of three. 
taken from the Friars. First time since I've, you know, even attended the Rhode Island, uh, University of Rhode Island that's ever happened. Ever since I went there, they just lost this game. And luckily, uh, past couple of years, they've won. But Kyle, any final thoughts here? We don't have any college football picks. I mean, we can have a little fun. We don't have to count it against the record. Just to talk about something, one of my favorite games coming up on Saturday, Army-Navy. Navy, 10.5-point Navy, favorites against Army. Always a cool game. Uh, 10.5 points is the spread, 40 over under. Kyle, if you had a lean, if you had a play, uh, anything that you would take in this one? I kind of I kind of think I know what you're going to say. But. Oh, my gosh. 10.5 way too many points. You oh, got to take Army. Take Army. You think I'm taking Navy? No, no way. Navy's good. That's way too many points in this game. You know, give me every cliche in the book. Throw out the records. When these teams come together, it don't matter. You know that they're playing for pride. It's really all that's left at this point. It'll be a close one. There's two things. Yeah, and all, all, I don't know how many years in a row. I don't know if maybe it got broken. I haven't kept a huge track on it, but the under is usually a solid play in this one too. <laughs> I, I think it's been picked up now. I think like it's not as much of a lock as it used to be. What still is it at? 40? 40. Oh, it's such a low number. <laughs> I know, I know, but I remember. I, but you always. I think the game. I, I don't know if it's being played in Baltimore again or right around the Baltimore Philly area. I think is kind of where it's always played. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, it seems like I'm watching this game every almost every year, and it's either bitterly cold or just snowing a ton. <laughs> so the it, despite the under being so low, it tends to hit. I think it. I think it hits a good amount of time. But if you're not what, doing anything on Saturday. Uh, watch some college basketball, but definitely watch uh, Army Navy. I think that game's just fun to watch, no matter what. Yeah, I, I, I like that. There's nothing on it. I mean, writing on it. That is, you just kind of watch the game, and like you said, you can bet on it. But usually, it doesn't have any implication nationally, other than just it's a good football game to watch. And for a lot of these guys, it's you know, it's the end of a dream. Usually, it's the last time they get to play some you know official football and either go out the win or a loss against you know your rival. And I think it's a style of game. I can't get over it, Bob, but. The 40 number is so low. It's just so much running the option for whatever reason. Right. Maybe the weather too. Like I haven't looked at the weather report. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if there is something in the way, but just the style of game usually ends up in a lower scoring, fun, nasty kind of game. It's just, again, though, that number is low. Doesn't that mean that Army probably covers? <laughs> right, right. You <laughs> got to think of that. The lower the score, the more likely. Like yep. that's, a, that's all I get at, at least. But hey. What do we know? Well, just for just for just for fun to end it here, uh, I got the sports action app open. Ten and a half is the is the line. Um, forty and a half. So when I opened this, we've been recording now for about thirty five minutes. The line was at forty. It's at forty and a half now. Um, so people are taking that over a little bit. However, and play it up, and we'll come and sneak in and grab that under Bob. It opened at forty four. Went all oh, the way no. down. To, <laughs> went all the way down to forty. Abort. Uh, now at 44 and a half and 65% of the money is still on the under. So uh, a lot of ah. money on that under 59% of the money on army as well. So, you know, people believe, wow. believe that too. So definitely watch that. But 17 and 13 road talk locks of the week. Easy. Not bad. Not too I mean, shabby. I think four of them were Clemson. So, you know, that was, <laughs> that's, that's tend, that tended to be a nice one, you know, and five of the losses were Auburn. I mean, you tell me. It just <laughs> we all got something, I guess. That's some true. of us win, some of us lose. Clemson was nine and three against the spread this season, and uh, if you took the Clemson three way last week as well, you hit it. So Clemson three way, what a bet! Probably going to have to start even taking it during uh, bowl week. So we'll see. I'm probably going to take it against Ohio State. Who knows? I'm 100% going to take that line. Yeah, I'm just waiting just to make sure, like you know, there's no freak injuries or something along the way, but. I'm gonna take that line. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see what that. We'll see what happens. Don't say anything yet. Don't lock it in. 
Yeah, I didn't say lock. Okay. I just said I'm probably gonna probably <laughs> yeah. take it. Whether we talk about it now or two weeks from now, I'll uh, probably take it. I have plenty time. of time to change my mind. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, all right, that is the show. We'll make sure we get back to you next week with everything, uh, roadie basketball, PC basketball, some betting, whatever you want to talk about next week. We will have it for you. Make sure you follow us at Road Talk. We're on both on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is the same. At Road Talk, you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud to download the episodes. That is the show. We will see you next week. See ya.